Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Kayla and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. This week, we're joined by Amelie Lasker, a graduate coach from Columbia and Cambridge, to talk about letters of recommendation. Hi, Amelie. Thank you for joining us today. Hi. Glad to be here. So uh, the school year for a lot of our students is kind of winding down. And, you know, for our students who just finished their junior year, starting to think about college applications in the admissions process, um, a lot of our students are at least, and we would recommend that students start thinking about it. Um, And one of the things that's easy to start early is starting to think about your letters of recommendation. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And that's why I wanted to have you on, Amelie, because you work with all of your students on finding their recommenders and getting things ready for letters of rec. So I thought it'd be a good idea for you to kind of walk through the process and answer some common questions that students might have. So to kind of start us off, to kind of talk about like why this is even important, why we're doing a whole podcast episode on it anyway, what is the importance of letters of rec in the admissions process, you know, why, why are we even talking about it? Yeah, um, so letters of rec are another way for colleges to get a sense of you as a person and a student. Um, they are uh, kind of the only opportunity for colleges to hear what you're like from others' perspective. Um, and to try to, it helps them imagine what you will be like on their college community, um, because they're always thinking about how to assemble a great population on their campus. So they just want to know what you will be like in the classroom, how you work with other students, um, how you ask questions. Yeah, definitely. So as admissions officers are looking at letters and trying to kind of figure all of that out from the letter, how are they really evaluating them and looking at them? So as they're looking at those letters, they are trying to envision um, the applicant in a classroom and see how they'll behave. Um, And so they are going to be looking for specific examples, anything that helps them really get that picture in their mind. Um, They want to know how you relate to teachers, how you rise to challenges. Um, So they're going to be reading it carefully along, but in the context of everything else that they know about your school and your record. Right. So they're kind of taking the whole of your application, your, your essays and everything, and then looking at the letter as kind of a real life example of what you already put on the paper. Right. It's another factor where they're seeing the other parts of what they know about you in action. Right. And it's really the only part of your application where someone other than you is writing. So it's kind of like corroborating evidence that what you said is true. Someone else also thinks these things about you. Right. And it gives them a sense because sometimes they can't, you know, they they can't always trust one narrator. It helps Mm -hmm. them to have other perspectives. Right. So when they do get those other perspectives um, from your vision and what you've seen with your students, 
how much does that letter actually impact the admissions decision? You know, how much is that second opinion really worth to an admissions officer? So like any other part of your college application, it's just one of the factors. Um, and you always need that foundation of your strong grades, your rigorous coursework, your test scores, um, your strong writing, you need all that to come together. And the letter of rec is just another way of supporting that. Um, but at the same time, they can make a big difference. Um, really strong letters of rec can really help you stand out if colleges are, if the admissions readers are having trouble understanding what you're like from your grades, maybe if they have any questions about areas that you've struggled or if they want to see more evidence of you as a good student um, or an engaged friend or anything like that, these letters are really helpful with that. Um, a terrible letter of rec can also make a really bad impression that will last. Um, so that's why it's important, and this is something we'll talk about a bit later, to make sure that you're asking the best teachers for you to write your letters of rec. Um, so they can help you stand out, they can definitely hurt your application in the rare case that it's not good, but um, they work along with the rest of the factors of the application. Right, so it's not the most important part of your application, but it's also not something you should take lightly. It's not something that should be a last minute thought. And that's you know why we're talking about it this early in the process, in the cycle, is because it could, if it's bad or good, it could, you know, be a factor that determines your admission. Mm -hmm. Totally. So let's kind of get right into that of not wanting to have certain people write your letter or, you know, wanting the right people, making sure you have the right people writing your letters. Um, so who are the best types of people um, that you should be looking for to write those letters of recommendation? So I always emphasize to my students that you want to have, you want your two core letters of rec to be from one of the five core academic subjects. So math, science, language, foreign language, or social studies, history. Um, and that's because these letters are really about seeing you in a classroom setting. Um, so that's one thing. Um, you usually want to have one of your letters be from the math science side and one of your letters be from the humanities side. Um, it's a good rule of thumb. Um, and then there are other kind of factors to take into account. So if you have a teacher who knows you really well, you've worked a lot with them outside class, maybe they've mentored a club that you were part of, maybe um, you've spent some time working with them on an essay outside class, anything like that, um, that's really great. Um, maybe if you have a class that you struggled in and you had a grade improve um, or a grade dip, that a, the teacher writing a letter of rec can be a great way to address those concerns to admissions officers. Um, you just kind of use your instinct of your, how was your relationship with the teacher? Um, and in terms of avoiding the potentially bad recommenders, um, part of what's great about thinking about this early is that you can get a sense of if a teacher is really busy um, and might not be able to spend time on a rec for you, um, or uh, so often if you ask a teacher to write a letter of rec and they don't think they can write you a good letter, they will tell you. I've heard of this happening a lot of times. Um, and that's because teachers have 
a certain respect for you as a student, they don't want to like, you know, not support you. Um, so always don't be afraid to have some backup options for teachers. Um, but in general, um, it's important to remember that like this is part of teachers jobs to write recommendations for their students um, and they will want to be on your side. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I was going to teachers in high school for my letters of rec, there were certain teachers that a lot of students asked just because they were, you know, more personable teachers and they had closer relationships. And um, I think we'll get into timing maybe a little bit later, but that's for those kind of teachers, it's important to gauge their interest and their availability early because if they're a more popular teacher, I guess, then they might be getting a lot of requests and you don't want to ask them last minute. Um, but yeah, I think those are all really good points that you want it to be someone who knows you well. You don't want just a complete stranger basically mm -hmm. writing your letter because then what are they really going to be adding to your application? Mm -hmm. But there are ways to remedy that if you don't feel like you have teachers that you've built strong relationships with. And we'll talk about that later too. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also um, important to know, I feel like sometimes I see questions from students or just kind of floating around on the internet of saying, you know, my dad knows this really high up executive somewhere and I kind of know them. Should they let write my letter of recs? It'll look really impressive. So um, kind of, I'm just wondering kind of your thoughts on those kind of questions. Yeah. So, I mean, um, if the teacher has a relevant background, um, that can be helpful, right? Like maybe you have a teacher who went to a school that you really want to go to and you're applying to. Um, or maybe you have a teacher who like has a background in a field that you're interested in going into. Um, but when it, if it's just about the prestige of the person and they don't actually know you or they haven't actually worked with you, um, that's not going to be as valuable. Um, admissions officers read a lot of these letters so they can tell if it's that kind of case where you're reaching out to someone who doesn't know you very well. Um, you also don't want to send more than the two core letters unless that extra one is really um, highlights something like sometimes I've had students who work extremely hard in an extracurricular and that was kind of like defined their high school experience and maybe they had a teacher that they worked a lot with that um, and really kind of discovered their career interest through that. That's the kind of case where it can be good to send an extra letter of rec, but just in general, less is more when this kind of thing. Yeah, because they already have, you know, thousands of applications to read. Your application is already several pages long, so you don't want to give them extra information to read that is just a waste of their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so once students kind of maybe have that kind of brainstorming session of writing out a list of, you know, ideal recommenders, maybe some backups if those teachers aren't able to, um, what are kind of next steps for, okay, I have my list, now what do I do to actually get the letter and request it at all? Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of the timing of this, uh, if you can do it before the end of junior year, that's really great. So especially this time of year before you depart for summer vacation, um, asking, approaching your teacher now, um, but also the beginning of senior year is totally fine as well. Just um, you want to try to have it early. Um, and the first thing you do is you approach your teacher informally, um, preferably in person, but especially now, if it's over email, that's totally fine. Um, and you just want to 
politely ask them if they would be able and willing to write you a letter of rec. Um, like I said earlier, this is part of their job, so you don't need to feel guilty for asking or like you're imposing, but you also want to acknowledge that this is a big thing that you're asking um, and they'll have to put work into it and you're trusting them with um, a part of your application. Um, so, so yeah, you approach them and you ask them and if they agree, um, then you uh, set up a kind of relationship with them where the process is collaborative. So um, ask them how they'd like to be reminded of submitting the letter of rec. Um, tell them if you're planning on applying early decision or early action so they know the timing will be sooner. Um, and also let them know that you'll be sending them some supporting materials. Um, and then you wanna start gathering different materials together um, that you will be giving them to help them write a better letter because often their experience with you is only just in this one class or this one setting. Yeah, and I think especially now, like you said, it's even more important now, I think, to ask teachers early because everything right now is so crazy, everything's in flux, and so giving teachers as much time as possible to think about it and have time to do it is, you know, really important. It also just shows that you respect your teacher's time and respect them as a person. Absolutely. Um, even like those teachers who get asked to write a lot of letters, they usually have a system where they can kind of bang them out and they know how to write a good letter, but they also really appreciate having that time of several months to work on all the letters. Yeah, definitely. I think I remember one of my teachers I asked, even telling us as a class, if you want me to write a letter, tell me by this day, like I need to get my list mm -hmm. going because she just had so many. Yeah. Um, so you talked about kind of gathering materials. And I know when I remember my application process, from what I remember, I just kind of asked some people to write them and I just kind of let them go and write whatever they wanted, um, mm -hmm. which I mean, it worked out fine. I got into the college I wanted, but for a lot of students and what, like, what we recommend is that, like you said, it's a lot more of a collaborative process. Mm -hmm. um, so that you can make sure that the letters are what you want them to be and that they help you as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so what can you do in that situation? Obviously, you're not going to tell your recommender exactly what you want them to write. You're not going to, you know, write the letter for them. But mm -hmm. what can you do or give them to kind of help that process along? Yeah, um, I did the same thing in high school. I just thought, you know, I was kind of scared to ask. I felt bad asking, so I just like let them do it. Um, but teachers really appreciate if you give them supporting materials. Um, so there are a bunch of things that you can definitely include, um, like a resume or activities list is really great to give them a sense of the whole picture of you. Um, a list of the schools you're thinking of applying to, if you have that. Um, a draft of your personal statement. Um, transcripts of your whole high school grade record, again, giving them that bird's eye view. Um, if you can give them a graded assignment from their class to kind of remind them of specific work that you've done with them, that's really great. Um, all these things are, they don't have to be like polished perfect versions, obviously, because they're just about giving your teachers a better sense of you. Um, but it also helps them kind of understand how your application is going to be coming across and what parts they can highlight or what parts they can add to. Um, and then it's also really great if you can write a supporting statement um, to highlight the work in their class that you're proud of, maybe highlight how you behaved as a student in their class to kind of remind them. 
Um, you could ask them to discuss specific topics, like if you were really proud of a certain essay and you want them to mention that, or if you want them to point to certain academic interests that match your future plans. Um, you could point to concerns you'd like them to address, um, maybe like a certain dip in grades or anything like that. Yeah, I think especially for if you haven't had a teacher, maybe you haven't been in their class for a year or two, you know, they have a lot of students. So kind of giving them those reminders of here's something we did together or something that I thought was really great that I did in your class. Maybe you could write about it. And then, yeah, like you said, these teachers, a lot of them maybe only know you from one class or one club or something, and they don't maybe know your whole kind of background, what you're interested in. And so giving them, giving them all those materials helps them understand who you are as a complete student. And like you said, what your application is going to look like and how they can contribute to that in a, mean, in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. um, so I know we have a lot of teachers and also college counselors that listen to this podcast as well. So I don't want this to just be um, advice for students, but also um, for those people who are writing those letters um, whether they're, you know, uh, a counselor or they're a teacher um, or just for students who are curious and they, you know, you don't often get to see your letters of rec. So maybe they're curious about what they actually look like. Um, so for the best and strongest letters, what, um, what do those really look like? What do teachers include that make it a letter that makes a student stand out in a positive way to an admissions officer? Mm -hmm. um, so the tone of the writing is really important, probably the most important. Um, making it enthusiastic, really pushing that personal element. Um, really think about imagining that student on a campus and why you'd be excited to be able to endorse them. Um, keeping it positive, talking about the student's strengths, um, always pivoting things to be taking that positive angle. Um, making it specific is really important. So this is why those supporting materials and letters help. You can even ask your students to give you things like that um, if they don't already. Um, specific examples really help admissions officers do that envisioning of the student in the classroom. Um, if you can, make the letter reveal something new about the student, um, trying to connect with their academic interests um, or highlighting extracurriculars if you worked with them in any way there. Um, if you know about other parts of their application and what's really getting emphasized, seeing if you can emphasize from your perspective some other aspect, like maybe there are personal qualities of the student that you think make them a really great person to be around, um, anything like that. Um, just any way that you can help readers get a feel for the student. Um, show them like, what is their intellectual curiosity like? How did they interact with others? What's their style in a classroom? Yeah, I think especially those specific information, that's really important because teachers write so many and you don't want it to seem kind of like you're writing a form letter or you just have a template. And I mean, maybe you do, but you also wanna put things in there where an admissions officer isn't just saying, well, I've read, you know, 10 letters like this today, and they don't really say anything different about the student. Yeah. I think also like pointing to, if a student stands out to you, say that. Like maybe, oh, this student worked harder on this research paper than I've seen in a long time, or like this student is one of the strongest writers I've ever had. Anything that 
you can point out to help differentiate? Yeah, I think that's especially important since students are being compared to other kids from either their high school or the surrounding region. That's how admissions officers actually read applications is by region. So mm -hmm. a teacher saying, you know, this student is the best in this class or this year is really going to help you stand out when, you know, the next application the admissions officers read is your classmate and they know that this teacher thinks you're better than this other student that gives you a real edge. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So this is all been um, kind of advice for students that are older that are going into this process now. Um, but I also want to give some tips to younger students who, you know, are freshmen, sophomores who maybe want to start thinking about this early. Maybe they're already thinking about college prep. Um, so what can those students do? Obviously, you know, you shouldn't be asking for a letter of rec until you're actually about to apply um, or else it wouldn't really be really relevant. But what can students do to build those relationships we've been talking about, to build a relationship with a teacher where later on you know that they would write you a really specific and a really positive letter? Yeah. Um, so the most important thing is to build relationships with those teachers. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to be spending a ton of time with them outside of class or anything like that, but just engaging. So be an attentive student, ask questions, um, even if you're not necessarily the most talkative person normally, do your best to really engage in class. Um, try to go to office hours or informal teacher meetings at least once with every teacher, um, doing some kind of interaction like that individually. So you can establish that working relationship. Um, you just want to, any ways that you can create opportunities to show your teacher what you're like as a learner and a classmate and a person. Um, if you do extracurricular activities that involve teachers, that's great. If you can ask teachers to sponsor a club that you're working on or anything like that. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be kind of just the wallflower in class that just kind of slips by the teacher's notice. You want to be noticed, obviously, in a positive way for the hard work that you're doing. But there also are, so like I was a really quiet student, especially in middle school um, and early high school. And I would just go to teachers um, after class and kind of explain that um, and just say like, I'm really working on it. I'm trying to talk more in class, um, but I just want you to know that I'm listening. I'm paying a lot of attention. Um, and teachers will often respond really positively to things like that. Um, so if it's not your personality to be talkative, that's totally fine. Sometimes they'll give you options to write them emails with your thoughts after class. Sometimes they'll um, kind of support you in a subtle way to be able to engage more in class. Um, anything that this goes with anything that you might be struggling with, like talking to a teacher outside class is so, so helpful because it shows them that you care and it usually points them to thinking about how they can help you. Yeah, if you go to them with concerns, whether it's, you know, struggling with a certain subject or topic, or like you said, being kind of shy, that's going to give the opportunity to your teacher to kind of um, make things more tailored to you and give you those opportunities like you were talking about that can help you rather than just kind of teaching everyone in the same way. And also that's a good way to start that relationship is just by mm -hmm. going up to a teacher and just like having a five minute conversation after class, just starting small, it doesn't have to be anything with a ton of pressure on it. Mm -hmm. It shows a lot of maturity as well to be able to think about how you wanna improve and reach out for help about it. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, right now that might be a little bit more difficult. And I can imagine students might be feeling kind of lost right now with classes that are online. So how would you suggest that students kind of go about that process, I guess, virtually now with still connecting with their teachers? Mm. So I know that a lot of teachers are making opportunities for students to engage. I think um, in a lot of school systems, there's not as much structured class time. Um, and instead teachers hold things like office hours or like um, times when you can do more unstructured work on a call. Um, definitely staying engaged. Um, I anecdotally, I've just heard that often like students won't take those kind of optional interactions with teachers during this time. Um, if you can, uh, that's always really great. Just like continuing to show up. And then also email is really good and teachers are there. And if you have questions or things you want to talk about or ideas that you've been thinking about after class, you can always email and um, teachers are just as confused as we are when it comes to this kind of thing. So they'll be able to meet you where you are. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something I struggled with throughout high school and college is even when I felt like I wasn't struggling in a class, I was kind of like, well, if I don't need help with this, why would I go to office hours? But there's a lot of other reasons that you want to engage with your teacher. So even right now, if you're not struggling or, you know, maybe your classes are pass fail. So you're thinking, well, I don't need to put as much effort into it. And, you know, for your grade sake, maybe you don't, but there are other reasons that, you know, putting in the effort is, needed and a good idea and one of those reasons is to build those relationships with teachers because come your admissions and your application that is still really important just you know like we said it's another aspect just like your grades are mm -hmm. absolutely so for students of you know any age whether they're really starting to think about letters of rec whether they're the students we were just talking about that are earlier in high school do you have any kind of last tips or words of advice when it comes to letters of rec? Yeah, um, I would say don't worry about what your letters of rec are going to look like. Do your best in a way that feels natural to you, but um, I think it's common to look at what other students are doing and think that that's correct and think that you're maybe missing something, um, but the letters of rec are just about of showing what you're like and highlighting your own individual strengths and if they're not exactly the same as other students around you there's no like correct way to be and correct way to have those letters of rec come out yeah they are one of the most personal parts of the application so you can't go about it in like if you go about it in a way that's ingenuine then that's going to show in your letter so the best way to go about it is just doing what you feel is right yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for answering all these questions. And I hope that our listeners kind of gained some insight into how an admissions office looks at a letter, how a teacher might look at a letter, and um, kind of what they can do as students in light of all that knowledge. So thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you once again to Amelie for being on with us today. 
Uh, and of course, as I say every time, for more information, you can check out our blog, which I'll link below. I'll also link a few specific blogs we have on letters of recommendation and you know what a good one looks like, how you can get a good letter of rec. Um, so be sure to check that out in the episode description. And as always, if you have any questions or you'd like to request a topic for a future episode, give us a follow on social media at Ingenious Prep Everywhere. You can also join our Facebook group called College Admissions Corner. Just search that and you can join. That's all for now. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office. Mm-hmm.